Hey, this is Camp Scouts, hosted by me, Curtis Heimberger, and my good friend, Josh Freeman. We noticed that there isn't as much new music being shared online as there should be, so we decided to create this show dedicated to scouring Bandcamp and finding your new favorite artist. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Hey, oh, I'm Josh. And I'm Mike McGee. Mike, Mike McGee, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about, a little bit about you and what you do. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm Mike McGee. I'm a game designer with a company I co-founded called Avian Rampage Productions. Uh, we make board games. Uh, so we have a card game out, Americana the card game, and we're working on a new card game. Uh, no such thing as a free sandwich. Um, but mostly I delve in or live in the, the game space, the game design space and know nothing about music. Hell yeah. That's what, that's what makes you a good fit for the podcast. I like right. that you said, like I said, I'm Mike. <laughs> like, how many times do I have to say my name? <laughs> I'm saying my name. I feel like every day of my life, I'm saying my name. It's crazy. Um, well, we're doing a special episode today. We're doing an episode for game soundtracks. We've picked some songs, uh, each of us, from video game soundtracks. That's why you're here, uh, to talk a little bit about that, that interest of yours. And yes. because you make games, we thought it would be cute. But don't worry, I don't know anything about music either. The guy who does is coming back next episode. Come hang out in two weeks from today to listen to Curtis talk about music theory and then me go, that's crazy. So Ooh. get ready for that. Um, I watched a few videos on music theory, so maybe I can throw in some of the words. Maybe they won't <laughs> go in the right spots, but we'll have the, at least the vocabulary down. Oh, I see. So this is a seventh? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So this is the rising fifth. I see. I see. Yes. This is just like Donkey Kong Country 2. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump into it with both feet. And I think it would be really fun to start with Graham Nesbitt's song, Peek a Bug. That's right, baby. We're starting off cozy. Yeah, yeah that was pretty I, cozy. It's it, yeah, it's very nice. I think it's very interesting that this was made in a program called GB Studio. So he was limited to the limitations of the original Game Boy hardware when he made it. And I think that's really cool. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's pretty interesting. 
I I also liked it kind of, I don't know, I like to look at the name of the song and, and kind of see if I can get a feel for like how it's represented in the song and it peekabug obviously sounds like peekaboo. And mm-hmm. I, I just kind of liked how the song kind of builds up. So it's kind of like it's more simple at the beginning and then it kind of builds up to this kind of more melodic uh, mm-hmm. part at the end um, where it's like, you're looking at the beginning and kind of uncertain. And at the end, it's like, ah, I found you. There it I, is, melody. I think it is really cool that it builds off of itself, right? One thing at a time. Um, this song is a minute, 20 seconds long, I think with a lot of kind of short songs, especially if they're chip toony. Uh, you're like, oh, this is a six second loop. Right. You listen to it five times and the song is over. So it's really cool when someone takes the time to make sure they are fully structuring a song. I think we'll see that a lot today. Yeah. Um, this is off of their first solo dev project, Bug Favor, where you help your friend find four of his lost pet bugs. I played it when I uh, found it on itch. It's very fun. Yeah. And he did the music for Floppy Nights, which is coming to Game Pass. I think it'll be out by the time this is out, so if you have Game Pass, you can check it out and hear more of his work uh, there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, great uh, great first song. Yeah, and what do you have for song number two? Don't fuck it up. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, I've got uh, from the album PPP, PPP, Magnus Paulson's Potential for Anything. everything on this album it was hard to pick one from this album because it's just Mm. so great um but this is from the game vvv vvv um and i think a great name for the album ppp ppp um every track on the on the album starts with the letter p um which is a nice little touch but uh what i uh, what i like about this song and uh a lot of the songs on here um, are, they take little bits and pieces from each other. Um, if I knew more about, if only Curtis was here, if I knew more <laughs> about the music theory, I could tell you the specific parts, but it, it's, if you kind of listen through the whole album, you'll, you'll feel this familiar sense from all the, the different songs, um, which I think is really cool. 
I like that as well. I like when there's like an overture or like a like a like a musical theme that you can pick up and and pay attention to it. it it's it rewards you for being an active listener to what you're putting on and and taking a part of. I think the percussion in this song, the way it comes in, is so excellent. There's just like very light keys, um, and it's uh the very beginning and then just and the percussion yeah. comes in it's fucking awesome yeah yeah it's really good and and um a little bit more about mr paulson um they are from sweden uh they go their stage name is soul eye um and they have a few a lot of uh different albums they've they've worked on a few other games but um they uh also have a rock version of all the songs on ppp ppp in an album called mmm mmm uh which <laughs> i it's 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 nice to see uh people kind of having fun with the work that they do and and kind of being able to smile while creating really cool, awesome pieces of art. Especially because, I mean, this game is a couple of years old. Yeah, the game came out in 2010 um, and then was ported to a bunch of different places, uh, like further on. Um, it was originally in, made in Flash. And then they ported it to C++ so that it could run on all these different platforms. Um, but what's also cool about this soundtrack is that for the 10-year anniversary, they released it on vinyl. So you can own this soundtrack on vinyl uh, for the 10th anniversary. I think that's awesome. I like that there are multiple versions of these songs, like in the Bandcamp uh, description for the this vinyl for the soundtrack it talks about how there was a 1.0 and 2.0 version of the the songs that you can buy which is very interesting um and like you said it's cool to see someone or people just like working on a project they care about and obviously having fun with it i, I think that is very cool but enough about v <laughs> vv vv V, 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 v. <laughs> we're gonna get your fingers we're gonna switch over to an artist from spain this is promptastic and their song yellow area Boom. Whoa. 
Very uh, foreboding song. It's very stressful, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's so dramatic. And that will be the last of the abstract words I used to describe <laughs> sound. <laughs> but um, I, I I do love it, how stressful it is, how dramatic it is. I um, there's like a like a movement to it. The way that like every couple of beats, there's like a like a hold on a note. So mm-hmm. it kind of feels like I'm swaying like left to right. Um, this is by Promptastic, like we said, this is for the game Wormer Deluxe, which is a search action or Metroidvania game where you are a antivirus program in a computer trying to recover uh, recover important files from four malevolent boss viruses dwelling inside. Uh, basically, it's a platformer. You fight enemies and you discover new items along the way that will help you achieve your goal of fighting more enemies and jumping on more platforms. And I think the song being, be, you know, Yellow Area being so up-tempo and um, heavy kind of kind of helps that gameplay experience. Yellow Area is a little bit later in the game. So you have mm. experience in the world. You're from, you're comfortable where you are. And so I think it's a great way to tell the player like, hey, now, now it's time to pay attention. Now it's time to focus and like get work done. And yeah. I think that's awesome. The first like few measures kind of remind me of it, it could be like the start of a boss music like mm-hmm. track it's like that sort of it kind of like is it kind of gets you up and like you know kind of holding your controller a little bit more tightly but you know uh yeah it's 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 very it's i, I don't think i've heard a kind of level theme quite like something mm. like this before where it's is very stressful um, um the final boss theme which is on the record uh you should you know buy and download if you like it uh, dear listener it's track nine and it is layered with just so many different moving parts that the idea that you're talking about of like gripping your controller and feeling alarmed is prevalent for the entirety of the two minutes of that song it from yeah. the beginning from the to the end it is i would say like double the amount of stress that i feel listening to yellow area i feel from the final boss theme i think it's excellent um so you should check that out if you want this game i think like most of the games we're going to be sharing are on a lot of different platforms for you to buy this one is on itch.io there's a free demo of the game you can play the first area uh the blue area and i think it's a lot of fun you should check it out what do you have for us for your second song of the day all right my second song is from the album sounds of aldamora uh the fox and the flowers uh wanderlust embers
Chill. Chill. <laughs> we needed it after listening to Yellow Area. Yeah, I needed to a little de-stress. There it is. Um, this is from... Uh, it's actually not from a video game. This is a... Boo! <laughs> it's a, a supplementary soundtrack to a tabletop RPG called uh, Monster Care Squad by uh, Sandy Pug Games. Uh, it was actually a Kickstarter stretch goal of theirs for their recent campaign in uh, 2021, I think. Mm-hmm. 2020. But yeah, so it, it's it's interesting because unlike sort of traditional video game soundtracks, um, this... Uh, has to go along with people at a table talking to each other, kind of playing a game together. So it, it can't be too distracting or overpowering. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could definitely see this kind of, uh, you know, underplayed behind, you know, the description from your game master of a new area that you're about to explore, or, you know, a town or something. Or after you, um, uh, well, I guess I should explain a little bit about the game. Is it's it's not um, it kind of takes uh, like like it says monster care. Um, it takes like the traditional fighting monsters and kind of turns it on its head, where you you find out what are ailing kind of these monsters and then you based on what issue they have you kind of create things that can help them and then your confrontation with them is basically trying to help them or heal them or whatever um Mm -hmm. so the combat is not the traditional sense um so it's very cool game and a very cool soundtrack to accompany it i liked the uh the the sound of like a crackling fire mm-hmm. and crickets and stuff in the background of the song it's very ambient yes um it really helps sell that feeling that you're talking about of like your your dm putting it on or your game master putting it on while he's like you venture into the woods and he helps like it helps feel fill the void of imagination stuff like that is very fun yeah yeah it's definitely very immersive um in the sense that it's just like you feel like you know somebody's sitting there next to you in the in, the, or you're there in the woods mm-hmm. and just listening to somebody play the guitar, um, which is I don't know. And the guitar riffs are, are I, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> the plucking. <laughs> this guy's solo uh, goes hard. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the. Uh, Fox and the Flowers is also known as um, Jan. Um, I got their last name right quick. Jan Martin, and they're they're actually part of the the uh, team that created the game. They were one of the writers. Um, so uh, not only did they supply their musical talents to the game they supplied their uh written talents as well their description on Bandcamp is 
uh, for the Fox and the Flowers is your friend noodling on guitar at the edge of the bed while you're playing Final Fantasy X. And I think that is a very apt description of the sound that has been portrayed. Yeah. I think it's very cool when people know exactly what they're doing. As someone who, when people ask, oh, like, what do you do? I'm like, you know, uh, well, I don't have an answer and I flounder until I can change the topic of the conversation. It's always really cool when I see someone who knows exactly the type of sound and work they're making. So that's awesome. Yeah, I like the palm mutes a lot too. That's my final note. I think Mm -hmm. uh, it adds a lot to the, it adds a lot to break up the idea that this is just one person with an instrument. Not that it's a bad thing, Fox and Flowers, but um, I think it is awesome to help have a variation of sound in a song that is made by one instrument. It's pretty cool. And now, normally, we'd step over to the CSN segment, uh, but we've got one more song. We had a uh, one more person that we thought would respond on our video game music episode. In truth, I thought it would be really hard um to find people willing to come on a show people willing to share their work on a show that isn't about like gaming in any in any way but a lot of people were very responsive to it and so we have an extra song so it's a little bonus for the listener this is by an artist named hydrogene and this is their song retro I think that's a great one to come near the end of the music segment of the show for. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's def- definitely uh, befitting the name retro as that that great uh, that great sound, mm-hmm. almost nostalgic. I, yeah, when I was looking for like video game soundtracks on Bandcamp, I I found myself getting pulled more to a retro style of sound, like a chiptune sound. One, because I think if we're going to do a video game episode, it would be kind of weird to not be like, oh, here, this is like chiptune art. Like, this is what a whole group of people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, because when I think about really good video game music, I think of like the Resident Evil Gaiden soundtrack and the Game Boy Color, um, a lot of SNES stuff that because I try not to listen to anything older than 20 years, if I want to listen to it, I'd have to like play and interact with the game. Uh, which I don't do as often as I like. So it's fun to find stuff to fill the void and songs like retro by hydrogen scratch that itch perfectly and expose me to new and compelling art. Like the soundtrack they did for the game. Always the same nightmare. Yeah, I did. I did like uh, I'm a sucker for it's that part right in the middle where it's kind of the baseline is kind of like climbing up mm-hmm. um, the octaves. Um, I, just it really gets me going and, and it brings the, 
the hype factor of, of the song up by a, you know, up by a full letter grade in, in my eyes when, mm. when I like the really, there's happens. like a really quick buildup at the very beginning. It's kind of quiet. It's only for like a couple of seconds. Um, but before this song really shifts into third gear and in charges full ahead for the rest of the minute in 26 seconds, there's a couple of seconds where it's just like, do, 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 do. It's a very quiet. And I think it's awesome. It's a very small detail that adds a lot to the experience of listening to the song. Yeah. Um, but it's fantastic. And I would like to thank Hydrogen and Promptastic and Graham Nesbitt, as well as Soul Eye and the Fox and Flowers for letting us share their work on the show, talk about music, and on several occasions go, if I was smart, I would know how to compliment, compliment this, but I don't. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um the response we got, uh, or the, the response that I got from the people that I reached out to were very excited to let us talk about on the show. Hydrogen, actually, when I reached out to them, I emailed them, or no, I messaged them, I messaged them through Bandcamp saying, like, I want to do a music, I want to do an episode with your music in it. And they said that they appreciated the effort that we put in to make people discover little independent artists like them. And they appreciate, and they, or cool that's sharing their work. And I wanted to say that um, I liked the choice of saying make people uh, discover a little artist as if I get to break into someone's home and I'm yeah. like declaring the podcast. I want to do that. And two, I don't think you should view yourself as, as little and independent. Like I think in my mind, little is like a derogatory term uh, that you can view yourself as. And I think, I think the stuff you're making is incredible and it's an amount of time before uh hydrogen or any of the artists on our show are doing things they haven't even imagined yet uh so don't put yourself yeah. down because you don't have a, a a big following i think it is i don't know, I think it's not the best thing but it's fucking great and i'm so glad yeah. everybody was down to hang out do you have any yeah. more notes on on game music before we step over well, less on game music specifically, but more on kind of the point you were saying, you know, calling yourself little or whatever. It, it just seems like a lot of the time um, the, the difference between successful artists and, and, and less than successful artists is not like the talent or the, the quality of the things that's getting put out. It's, it's, being in the right place of the like there's a lot of luck factor involved so just because you're not as successful as you may want to be or you may self-describe as little doesn't necessarily you know for the most part doesn't mean that you are putting out little quality things you're you as we've seen and or heard uh you're putting out good stuff so it's just just hopefully your luck changes a little bit more and, and you get yeah. skyrocket. And it, I mean, and the only way to find out is to continue, is to continue doing what they're doing. And I don't think any of the artists that we've shared have any signs of stopping. Neither should the listener on the, on the pursuits that they have. Um, and along the way we get free content out of it. And I think that's awesome too. Win-win. Win-win. I get to make a whole show based on other people's work and they get to maybe one day be successful. I think that's an even trade. 
goodness. Okay, so we're going to step into our Camp Scouts news segment. Sadly, this has nothing to do with video games. I was looking up cool music trivia stuff, and I found a story about Dolly Parton that I thought was really funny. So we're going to do that instead. Okay, so, Mike, you are familiar with Dolly Parton's song, I Will Always Love You. Yes. Yes. I think anybody is, Even me. E- even me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, like I said earlier, I was, like, looking, I like to look up, I'll Google, like, funny music history, and it never, it never gets me anywhere I want to be. Um, <laughs> but, so I was doing that and, like, reading about a bunch of game history stuff. Um, Cause I thought it would be fun to tie it into the episode. And somehow I stumbled across this story uh, that Elvis Presley wanted to do a cover of Dolly Parton's I will always love you. And she was like, that sounds awesome. I would love to have Elvis do one of my songs. And Elvis's manager was like, cool. So he gets half of the rights to your song then if he does it for a little bit of, a little bit of clarity Dolly Parton made like $10 million in 1990 from royalties alone from that one song. So they yeah. were like, yeah, he wants to cover it and he'll get paid for like his release or whatever, but he also wants $5 million. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Uh, that's so, that's so like both people. It's like, it's mm. so kind of that. I don't know. Elvis Presley-esque. Yeah. I mean, he made his career off of buying people's songs, buying the rights and then pretending like he made them. This is not surprising. Right. Um, But what's even weirder is this, if that was the full story, I think it would not have been worth talking about for like five or so minutes. Apparently, when Elvis got divorced, uh, trying to find the link in the article, I'm reading an article called... uh, Dolly Parton says Elvis never recorded I Will Always Love You because his manager demanded half of the publishing rights by Yasmin Garad uh, from Insider. That is the article that I'm pulling a lot of this stuff from if you want to go check it out. Um, Okay, so apparently Elvis Presley never recorded the song and Dolly Parton was crying, like cried about it. She wanted to hear him sing her song. Dolly Parton also shared that Elvis Presley's ex-wife told her that he sang the song to her when she and Presley divorced. So now I want you to imagine. Oh my God. One, you're, you're married and your spouse comes home and they hand you divorce papers and they're like, you have to sign these. Also, they're as rich and powerful as Elvis was. So you're not going to like get a fair deal, I imagine. Would you like to see me whip up my acoustic and play a Dolly Parton song for you? <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so fucked. That's, that's absolutely an insane story. <laughs> I I can't I cannot believe it. The rest of the article kind of talks about the power that Dolly Parton's song has. You know, when mm-hmm. Whitney, Whitney Houston covered it for the film The Bodyguard, and um, when Whitney Houston died, they played the song at her funeral. And Dolly Parton says that she expects the same will happen to her. But I do not think that that is that is. <laughs> the equivalent exchange of my spouse telling me they're leaving me also here's a really good dolly parton song 
it's like what what was the sentiment like what what were they trying what was he trying to convey it's like he i'm divorcing you her, but also he won't <laughs> yeah clearly you don't you're you're singing me a lie i again i tried to make this episode as thematic as possible that reading this 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 story was the funniest thing that happened to me just first of all i want to i really want to cover your song for half the amount of money you will get from it second of all and think that's a good idea like genuinely and then second of all when i divorce my wife i'm gonna play her i will always love you yeah i don't i don't know you know what year he approached her with that Mm -hmm. deal um and like how like where she was on her like success scale um but it, it always seemed to me like Dolly Parton was very savvy when it came to like her own worth and her own value. So I'm sure at some point, you know, if I'm sure there were other people that Elvis had approached who they offered that exact same deal and they took it. It was um, huge in the sixties and probably in like before it was huge for a long time, fifties forward to right. find a, a really success, a really talented, like black artists pay them for the rights. And then you would have a successful artist, mainly a white guy record, uh, record their cover of it. And now that you own the rights and royalties to the original song, you don't share it. Right. Uh, Tutti Frutti, uh, a very popular song was, uh, was treated this way for a little bit. The Beatles on their first album had songs that were bought from successful people of color and, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, this is I, a historically pro Beatles podcast. Yeah, we love the surprise. So it's crazy. We're sharing this information. <laughs> um, we definitely have not tweeted out that we wanted John Lennon to come back so we could die again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just like industry standard. And so the, the, the act of doing it, I guess, isn't that weird. Like this is the point you were making, but just the idea that it was so prevalent is disgusting first yeah. of all yeah or this, there's a john mulaney joke it's like you're gonna give me 12 dollars for all of my songs mr barry gordy you know <laughs> um and it's fucked but uh he's dead he's now. dead dolly parton's in the rock and uh or might be in the rock and roll hall of fame uh she initially said she didn't want to be in it oh, and then later okay. recanted that statement said if i got voted in i'd accept it so it's pretty funny <laughs> Um, she's still kicking it. Elvis died in the fucking toilet, and uh, that's pretty. Also, right in the world, yeah. And at least in that regard, and in a lot of other ways, it's not. But <laughs> yeah. if I ever was okay, so uh, my partner Barbara and I are celebrating two year our two year anniversary when this episode comes out. We got together in June. Happy anniversary! If Barbara was breaking up with me, and then reached for an acoustic. I, I would leave. I would be gone before any other conversation could happen. I think I might break the acoustic. I think I might freak out. out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, Mike, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow my company at Avian Rampage on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and if you like my voice in particular... You can see it come through uh, at my on my tweets at at McGee Game Design on Twitter. 
Um, yes, and look forward if you follow either of those accounts to being uh, inundated with tweets about our upcoming crowdfunding campaign for no such thing as free sandwich. Let's go. We're all very excited for that. We'll talk about it uh, and tweet about it when it when time comes. We try to retweet as much of this shit that people are doing that have been on the show. I think it's very important. Um, so be sure to follow us at Camp Scouts Pod on Twitter and Instagram uh, as well. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at jwfreeman underscore. Our show has a newsletter that you should sign up for at the beginning of the month every month. I just I recommend a couple of more tracks that I have found through searching for artists that either we didn't get approval for or we're still waiting on that I think people should listen to um, and it's I don't know it's fun it's a little inside group there's like there's like 11 of us we just get to uh, send out music it's fun um, thank you again to the artist we don't have a show without you uh, yeah that's it any final words before you go uh, bazooper <laughs> Thank you for not saying Bazinga. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's Wait.